I didn't know if it was off the record because he didn't want to tell anyone. He's like, no, we don't care about commissions. You know, it's all about the client because they can't admit it. They can't admit they take commissions, the clients, because it undermines their position. But you know, after he said, 30% of our revenue is commissions. It's the only way they're able to keep growing their agency sustainably. So they do matter, but not at the beginning of, of the relationship, but at the end to keep them involved. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. Holy moly, what happened the last two years? I don't even know. I love you, Zoom, so much, but it's time to see other people. Don't we agree? Oh, my God. What a crazy thing. It's weird to see you in person. I'm so glad everyone's wearing pants. I was worried. <laughs> I'll remind you that you can't mute yourself or turn off your camera, so please be on your best behavior. Handshakes, fist bumps are cool. The foot tap thing, that's weird. It's like river dance. But whatever you do, you, I don't really remember what to do in person anymore. But one thing I'm really happy about is there's a 50% less chance my kids are going to interrupt this talk because they're 2,500 miles away, but they did do it in 2019, so I don't put anything past them. All right. <laughs> so all kidding aside, I would like to say something before we get into the whole thing. Zoom has been great. You know, they've like, held up the world through all the pandemic, but so have many of us in the Cloud Software Association. And let's be honest, no one's going to be banging pots and pans in the street for us. Uh, you know, this is, to be frank, a carnival of capitalism for a job well paid for all of us during the pandemic. But so many of us did actually do help. So many enterprises survived the pandemic, hospitals and schools and governments to continue working remotely. Or even if you just helped another colleague who was in distress for the last two years, I feel, you know, just amongst us, you know, let's give us all a round of applause for what we did as a back office. Thank you so much. And Laura from Zoom is actually going to be talking later today about what they went through the pandemic. So I, you know, that's one of the most interesting things that happened. So thank you for that. But let's get going. So I really did actually have a deck in 2020, Vision 2020, because I have a new company, AppBind. Those of you who know or don't know, we're solving problems for channel partners so they can actually sell your software through to their customers. And it was, we started, we launched in January 2020, and I was going to talk about the future. But it's been two years, and I've learned something. And I want to tell you a little bit about how I spent the pandemic learning about how to you know, sell AppBind better. But this is a lie. It's a good way to start a talk. I didn't actually stop selling AppBind. We never started. You know, <laughs> it was not working by you know, April 2020 when we were going to have the conference. We weren't selling. And I was getting really stressed out. Uh, but we did figure something out that year by listening to the partners. And when we started growing 15% month over month, you know, and we, you know, we've have, uh, well, anyway, we've done really well. We have hundreds and hundreds of agency partners, resellers, MSPs, sign up on AppBind, reselling hundreds and hundreds of your apps, uh, bringing them into markets as part of their solutions for clients. We've been really successful. And here I want to share to you some of what I had to learn in order to make this happen. So yes, we have had hundreds of resellers, agencies, MSPs, on AppBind signed up. They're reselling hundreds of your apps, honestly, bringing you into solutions to the client, finding a way into the channel. But we didn't get here from the beginning, right? It was quite difficult. So what was the message I got wrong? So I actually went out in 2019 uh, with this message, buy software and sell it to your customers. It was basically the message I had for the agencies, MSPs, whatever. And I knew this was wrong in some way, because I think this message, I think some of you might find familiar from our own pitches to our partners, would-be partners. 
But I knew it wasn't working, and I, but I, I, want, I was kind of trolling them. I was trying to see what their reaction was. And oh my god, it was so negative. They were so angry uh, with this message. I could not even believe how negative the reaction was. And actually it was here at the Hotel Zeta, the last cocktail party we had during Dreamforce, where this partner, Ty from White Label SEO, I cornered him, uh, hopefully not inappropriately. And I said, listen, I bought you a drink. I need an answer to this. What is wrong with this message? And he said to me, sneer, finally, you know, just let me have it. I don't want to get stuck in the middle of billing. I was like, oh, right. That reminds me of where I started all this. When I was at FreshBooks, for some of many of you know, this is how I got stuck in this mess. By this mess, I mean this mess. The conference, the association, I lost a bar bet, and here I am. And also now with AppLine, I had, when I, in 2007, I started the marketing team at FreshBooks. In 2008, I started the partnership team. Because this was so long ago, I, you know, all software was sold to partners because I had started the license software channel. You know, it seemed obvious to start partnerships. And the first call I had was with a partner who said, hey, I love FreshBooks. How do I get it for my customers? To me, because in licensed software, when we were selling it, it was really easy. Partners would call us up and they'd say, I love your software. And we'd say, yeah, what's your shipping address? We FedEx them a box of CDs or DVDs at 40% list price, saluted them and said, God bless you. Sale done. Ring the bell. It was so easy working with partners. But that did not work at FreshBooks because you can't put subscriptions in a box. It's not possible. They couldn't figure out how to sign up for accounts. They manage the customer's own. And getting in the middle of the billing, you know, it's a lot of financial risk for them, plus all the bookkeeping of the variable costs. You know, it really bothered them. I tried solving it there because, you know, we're invoicing for agencies at FreshBooks. I thought we could solve it. I ended up having a third of the engineers under my control at one point. Half a million dollars we spent today's money trying to build a solution for them. And until I realized that you couldn't really. You couldn't really solve it for them from the software company's point of view. And we had to kill that project. But that problem never went away in my mind. And that's what led to AppLine. And I thought I had a solution now, finally, for the partners. So I was like, I got it now. Now you can buy software and sell it to your clients. What's wrong with it? And they didn't like the message, as I told you. And so I have this weird idea that when you get frustrated with people and you don't understand them, instead of looking down on them and going, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, it's really, what's wrong with me? That's really how I think. And so I decided the only way to, to learn about them is to go join them. So I have admission for you. I'm a spy or a dummy or I'm frustrated or I'm interested in solving this problem. What I've done really is gone and done something different. I know this is SaaS Connect, but my real baby the last two years has been Agency Connect, where I've been hanging out with our partners, you know, running cocktail parties. This is where we started inbound and then virtual cocktail parties, surveys, podcasts, really trying to get to know their story. And you know, today, because this is channel day at SaaS Connect, I thought I would tell their stories back to us so we can get ourselves situated where they are at. So if you're going to be a good spy, it's really important to become person you're spying on, so to speak. To be fair, I've actually, my career, I've gone back and forth between consulting and SaaS companies the whole time. And so it, talking to these agencies, I didn't say I went into them talking about my own story, but talking to them more, it reminded me of a really, really painful story. And that was a start story when I got fired. Fired by a client. This is right after I left Olark, and just before I started AppLine, I was consulting. I was doing analytics consulting. This was a fashion retailer. He was making a line of clothes. He was building a brick and mortar store. He was doing e-commerce site. And I was being subcontracted to the analytics, conversion rate optimization, et cetera. You know, so six weeks to launch, every Monday you know, during their project sync, I said, OK, I need talk desk, amplitude, branch, segment, VWO. He said, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever. I'll get it for you, Sneer. Of course he didn't, because he's making clothes. This is computer science nerd stuff, you know, Bayesian analysis. Like, what if he doesn't care? You know, he's tailoring, it's like building a store. 
And so he didn't notice anything that was missing, but he did notice, like the Bayesian optimization, he didn't care. But he did notice the phone number was missing, 72 hours from launch. So he calls me up and says, Sneer, what's wrong? What's up? What's going on here? And I sheepishly go, well, you didn't sign up for anything, and the sales guy from Amplitude still wants to talk to you. And it's like, oh. just, so he got me on a video call. It was very childishly. I made him, you know, do what a lot of agencies do. Click here, put your email address in, your password here. Click here, no, click, no, click, click, ugh, click here to invite me. It was really painful. And after one of his remaining 72 hours, I got through two subscriptions, and he finally let me have it. And this was the line that really stuck with me, because it's so true, and that all the agencies I talk to now about AppLine, this really resonates. He said to me, Sunir, my plumber is not making me buy my own pipes. I expected you to take care of this for me. Working with you is 10 times harder than not working with you. And I was like, OK. I was mad. So I, no problem, sir. I get off the phone. I bought the remaining subscriptions on my card, which I immediately canceled, because I didn't want the renewals, right? Right? <laughs> I worked overnight, delivered, you know, and got paid. And then, of course, you know, he didn't retain me. The plan was I would do the conversion rate optimization, the analytics, convert CRO, then the ads. I would keep going with them. And if I was successful, maybe I wouldn't be here anymore. Maybe I'd be an agency instead of a SaaS company. A month later, I caught up with him because we had a good rapport. And I said, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, I had this idea for AppBind. Just tell me what your feedback is. He said, yeah, yeah, senior, you slowed down the project, confused me. I expect you to take care of it. And I asked him, when did you decide to fire me? because that was interesting to ask. And he said, well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, because you want free real feedback. The f I hate this story. <laughs> Thank you for doing therapy with me. It's great. He said the first call. I'm like, oh. And he's like, no, no, don't get me wrong, senior. I was mad at you at the end. I'm sorry about that. It was stressful. I understand your position. But you wanted real feedback about when I decided that this engagement had to end. That was the first call where you started asking me to do things I expected you to take care of for me, because he didn't understand any of this stuff. And I was like, right. And I had seen that in FreshBooks, so we benchmarked all our customers, right? And we saw those in the licensed software channel. They had three-year contracts. They had huge service revenue, because they built systems and deployed them and maintained them, right? And those in subscription, they had shorter lifetime cycles for clients and less service revenue. And I was like, right. This is exactly what was going on. I had heard so many of these stories. And now I finally viscerally felt it. still feel it, because it sucks. But this is a story a lot of our partners are feeling. So I've been telling this story, and it's been resonating with the agencies. I've been collecting stories from them, and I want to share them with you. These are all your partners. Like, they truly love you. I mean, they build their businesses on you, but they also see the opportunity. And so there's going to be some positive, some negative, but it's all given with a little bit of love. So hopefully we can build better businesses together. So the first thing that the most important thing to understand is most of these companies are in the scalability trap. What does that mean? Service companies, agencies, MSPs, they're all in the same problem. They sell labor for a living. And this is the only business where you cannot scale your way out of risk. Because think about it. The more revenue you have, the more labor you must have to fulfill it. And therefore, that payroll turns over the month over, which means you need to have more revenue next month to cover your payroll. And so they cannot scale their way out of the problem. And so when we survey the Agency Connect members, consistently, the problems are this. Number one with the bullet is client acquisition. They just want more customers. Because that's one way to survive the next month is to find another customer. It's another way to keep going. They're on a treadmill, right? And then the more customers you have, the more you have to hire to fulfill to keep going. Otherwise, you'll lose those clients. So those are, like, by far the two most important things. And way down the list is scaling operations, which is really what we want them to do. We want them to bring in more technology, become more efficient businesses, deliver more kinds of solutions. That's way, 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 way down the list, which is why many of us might find it frustrating that they're not interested in what we're doing, because for them, they're panicking right? every month. And it's not just me. I actually just saw this on Reddit a couple weeks ago before this talk. 
other people do the same survey, it's the same results. So, but this is actually the opportunity. So one of my favorite, favorite, favorite companies is Constant Contact, and here's David, one of the agency solutions for growth, one of our top agency partners, the resellers. And for those of you who don't know the Constant Contact story, they famously built in 22 metropolitan areas in North America, an army of certified authorized agencies, consultants, and they would give them leads, they'd set them up with training decks, give them the money to run seminars, and basically build a lead flow for those agencies. And then in return, those agencies would onboard the customers onto Constant Contact. And he says hundreds, maybe thousands of customers, you actually lost track. And for Constant Contact, it really was, they created an umbrella, a rain of leads for their agency, which is why they grew so quickly. But you know, not all of us can be Constant Contact. You know, all of us can do a little bit. And so here's Sean from Innovaxis saying, yeah, I understand it. We're gonna give our leads to our best partners. But you know, you want to give them the first candy bar for free, right? So they get addicted, right? And it's not that hard, you know. He was saying, you know, we all know what to do: create a directory of agency partners, put them on your blog, you know, put them in your newsletter, have webinars with them, invite them on stage at your events, show them there's a ladder of success where they too can build lead flow. And this is by far the most important thing that agencies care about: is seeing a future for client pipeline. So that was the first lesson I learned. The second part of that message: buy software and sell it to your customers. Of course, that makes no sense if you think about it. They don't sell software. They're agencies. They sell their own services, right? Not your software. And so you have to align to what they're doing. And so Ryan, he's an app buying customer, actually. You know, he actually taught me it wasn't even services they sell. It's solutions, right? If you think about that plumber, you know, I, you know I've done this. I had a leaky basement. I needed waterproofing. I live in my problem domain. I, I want waterproof basement. You know, that, that plumber who comes in who does that, yeah, maybe do a sump pump and a pipe and a check valve. Maybe do weeping tiles, maybe do a membrane inside. They have different solutions and systems and technologies they can bring to place. If you think what agency means, it means to take action. That's what agency means. And customer, they need a custom solution. And that's their role in the market, is to go down to each customer and figure out which of the all products that we make and build a system to solve their problem. David, you know, he says, because you know, worked with Constant Contact, it's so simple. He, just, he loves vendors who just ask them straight up, what are your services? It's so easy, right? You know, I have my own story, but I don't want to tell tales out of school. But I've had this experience. So I'm going to use Demetrius instead from Creative Eye. The thing that I realize in my own practice, and he also articulated, it's so scary right, when we bring a vendor into a client because we sell trusted expertise, right? And so if you're not on the same page as the agency, telling them something different than what the agency said, it looks like confusion to the client. It's terrifying. And this happened to me. And so, you know, we only you know the answer. Just communicate with your partners. That's all they want before you talk to the clients. Get on the same page, you know, make a battle card, make a plan. It's very, very easy. But talking about this, and you know, surprisingly, because I talk about plumbers now a lot, uh, I have a lot of YouTube uh, videos, thank you, Shaping Algorithm, about plumbing. So, you know, when, when parts come out for plumbers, they tell the plumbers what to do, but really they talk about the services you can offer. So there's inner membrane you can put in a house. They tell a waterproofing plumbing company that they can now do interior waterproofing. They tell the services they could sell. And this is actually a very simple thing you also can take away from the talk. If you want to talk to your channel partners, this problem statement, this X, Y, Z thing, what problem X does your client have that you can sell services Y using my product Z is really all they want to know, right? You know, there's a lot of good examples. HubSpot, you know, Colin here, he's built a whole practice, a multi-retainer business. He's got out of the scalability trap with HubSpot because, you know, they're famously had built up this idea of the inbound marketing agencies and teaching all these companies how to, you know, do sales and marketing and support using their platform, you know, their blog is amazing. They really taught a lot of companies how to be agencies. You know, but it could be as simple as this. Here's Michael from Prime Marketing Experts, a really simple line. You know, with similar content, we've been able to sell more in-depth and hard quality optimization services so that they can say to their client, 
we can get you better results sooner, right? Simple. You know, this X, Y, Z thing is like really, really key to communicating with partners because they just need one line, right? That's another little lesson I learned. And if you keep going with this idea of simplifying it as you're part of a system, I mean, if you think of a plumber, they go down to Home Depot, they're just going to buy parts off the shelf, a pipe, a valve, or whatever. They don't really have time to talk to you. They just want to get the stuff and bring it into the client. And it's kind of the same thing with software. I mean, what's the difference? It's just technology. So here's Richard from Continued. You know, he had this thing. You know, I think a lot of us have complicated sales processes because we deal with direct customers mostly. And in a direct channel, you have a lot of surface area with clients. You can have Hegel pricing or complicated pricing. It's a different, as we know, in indirect, right? Because your channel partners don't have time for this, right? And more importantly, they're promising to the customer to bring your product in as part of something bigger. They need it to be simpler. And they really just need rack rate pricing, a simpler, it's a different placement. They need different packaging, different pricing, so it's simpler. You know, and it really scares them as well to when the quotes keep changing for the client, it makes them look felt like experts. So he ended up using Jotform because it was a lot easier to use because they had simple pricing. And Richard here, he, Richard's amazing, by the way. He's so good. He's also an AppLine customer. He taught me a lot of stuff, actually, about how to do this right. He showed me that service partners are also technology companies, even if they don't write a line of code. So Richard is he's so good. So during the pandemic, he went around to these HIV clinics. And if you remember the beginning, we're all locked down in our houses. The problem with HIV patient and care is that it requires a continuity of care. Otherwise, there could be adverse effects to the patient population. So what he had done, because he has a, some background in MSPs, being an MSP, is he brought all his marketing automation software to bear to keep the communication lines open, text messaging and whatever, and built a product around that. He started selling to other telehealth, other clinics. And when I went to his website, I was confused. Are you a product company or your agency? And he's an agency. But what he had done is that he had built a system out of RL products, you know, and sold it to his client as if it's his own product. And that really reminded me, you know, again, of a plumber. I met this uh, chocolate factory at Magento Imagine, and that's exactly how they thought contractors were. A plumber at a chocolate factory, they laid all the pipes to run the factory, but they have a 10-year contract right, to maintain that system, upgrades, maintenance, new lines. They would continue upgrading it. And that's how we used to work as a system integrator. And that's kind of like your best partners are those who could incorporate you into their own product offering, even if they're not writing lines of code, they're building a system around you. And finally, I'm going to just talk about commissions, because I think that's what we mostly ask. I mean, I'm in Slack sometimes. Oh, my God. Slack. It's like an endless treadmill of the same question. Do commissions matter? What are the commissions that matter? And tomorrow, Alex Glenn from Partner Programs, Partner Hub, is giving, he actually taught me a lot about commissions. He's giving a survey results for the agencies about whether commissions matter or not. He argues probably they don't. I actually think they do. They do, but not in the way that we often think they do. Because so many agencies rely on them to get out of the scalability trap. But really, like as Sean says from Innovaxis, the problem is your clients are more revenue for them. It's more important to them. Because every client they win is a significant percentage of revenue. And everyone they lose could be a payroll they lose, right? It's a big deal. They're never going to sacrifice a client over a commission. It's like selling out their clients. And plus, they're selling trust, right? So it's not motivating the incentive. But as Wes here from the Sales Whisper says, it's really important afterwards, right? Because it is the way out of the scalability trap. It's how they build uh, sustainable revenue, makes their businesses more successful. And I wish I had this on record, but I was talking to, I did an interview with a HubSpot Diamond partner, and they were growing like crazy. And then that was off the record because he didn't want to tell anyone. He's like, no, we don't care about commissions. You know, it's all about the client because they can't admit it. They can't admit they take commissions, the clients, because it undermines their position. But, you know, after he said, 
30% of our revenue is commissions. It's the only way they're able to keep growing their agency sustainably. So they do matter, but not at the beginning of, of the relationship, but at the end to keep them involved. So finally, as for us at AppBind, it wasn't just the messaging, of course. You can't just have a messaging chain. It's not just about words. We ended up changing the product as well. So we have a little magic trick that we ended up doing that helped us grow. We came up with this idea. We leaned in hard to being a plumber and supporting all these digital plumbers. And you know, what does a plumber offer you? A time and materials invoice. When I started my career as 18, a systems integrator, we did time and materials too. You know, computers, networking, Windows licenses, SDKs, plus our time. We built an invoice and quote like that. It just wasn't possible with subscriptions. So now we built something in AppBind called the subscription order that allows these companies to bring you through as part of their sales, part of their assistance solutions, like a good plumber, and actually bill through the ongoing recurring charges, but have the customers own the subscriptions at the beginning. The two problems that were stopping the channel, it took all the risk out. And that's why you know, suddenly we're making a change with our partners, our mutual partners. So I like to have my Oprah moment. So if everyone looks under their chair, everyone gets a free AppBind in a box, no, I'm kidding. You can't put subscriptions in a box. That's what we talked about. So anyway, I hope to start off the day uh, reflecting our partners who aren't here, the agencies and the channel partners, the service companies, uh, giving a little bit of our voice. And for me, you know, my career objective is to make the internet a more glorious place. That's the only thing I care about. And I care about what we do because it helps other businesses succeed and help the other businesses grow and help the world a better place. So if we can help our agency partners take a little bit more risk off their plates, build better businesses, be more sustainable, right? You know, we are the back offices of the world. You know, we did help the world change over the last two years. Let's keep it going by listening more and working more and taking, creating opportunities instead of risks for our partners. Thank you so much. If you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships, You've got to rate, like, and subscribe. And join us at thecloudsoftwareassociation.com. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. We'll see you on the next episode.